0: this is the sunday messages podcast from cedar valley unitarian universalists in cedar falls iowa and i'm your host kat bean hansen welcome we're glad you're here For this week's message, which was originally given on March 7th, 2021, Pastor Emma Peterson delivers a message called Boundaries, what they are, how to have them, and what to do when someone maintains them, and you're mad about it.
1: As you know, my sermon this morning is on boundaries. And before I begin, I want to let you know what my primary texts were uh, when I was uh, researching and writing this. Uh, The first is this book called Boundaries uh, by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. And uh, the thing about this book is that uh, both Cloud and Townsend are evangelicals. And so it's, it's uh, got a pretty strong undercurrent of evangelical theology. Uh, so while it does have a lot of good material about um, what boundaries are and how to create them in your life, I have a feeling uh, that the theological lens would make a lot of you really mad or uncomfortable. Um, so I wouldn't recommend that if you don't want to hear from a bunch of evangelicals about what boundaries are. And then the other text Uh, It's a book by Anne Linden, Boundaries in Human Relationships, How to Be Separate and Connected. And her text does not have evangelical theology, but it is um, kind of just cheesy. It's got a lot of really funny, like, narrative examples of people. um, But uh, if you're looking for a text to dive into and you don't want to read something, From an evangelical lens, uh, I would recommend that book, Boundaries in Human Relationships, How to Be Separate and Connected. So, boundaries, in their simplest terms, are how we define who we are and who we aren't. The psychological concept of boundaries can seem nebulous, and the abstraction may explain some of the general unawareness many of us have in regard to what our boundaries are and how they function in our day-to-day life. In fact, we often only consider our boundaries when they've been somehow violated. The emotional reaction to an unconsidered but violated boundary can be incredibly intense. And that's part of the reason it's so vital to actively consider and define our boundaries throughout our lives. Let's consider at first, the natural boundaries that exist in our world. Skin is a physical boundary both a barrier and a porous filter. Consider, as Anne Linden does in her book, the difference between a sponge and a brick. If your skin were not a porous surface, it couldn't soak in the things it needed to keep it healthy, from oxygen to sunshine to the lotion we put on our hands to our very sense of touch. Borders between countries are geographical boundaries. Some borders are uncrossable, dangerous boundaries set up between hostile countries. Some geographical boundaries are more fluidly crossed, like the open borders between states in, the, in our own country. Minutes and hours and days are boundaries of time. Marking time allows us to create boundaries around our sleeping and our waking and our working and our resting. Skin geography, and time are just three concrete examples of boundaries that already exist in the world around us. Boundaries are both how we distinguish our own personhood from others and the borders and permeations that allow us to form connection, attachment, and relationship. We begin to develop our boundaries in our childhood after the infancy stage. When we are infants, we are unable to distinguish the difference between our tiny, brand new body and the body of our mother. We believe we are one and the same as we once were, and anything outside of the flesh and heartbeat and smell of our nurturing parent is an unfamiliar and foreign void of unknowing. As we grow, we begin to discover the autonomy of our own selves. We become more conscious of our needs and how to make sure those needs are met. This is the very beginning of the natural development of boundaries. The strength and the health of our boundaries in adulthood. What is mine? What is yours? What is ours? What is okay? What is not okay? What is safe? What is unsafe? What is good? What is healthy? And what is unhealthy or harmful? depends largely on our earliest experiences of attachment and nurturing and the development of our autonomy. Identifying challenges to our boundaries as adults may require us to examine our family of origin and how boundaries functioned historically and function presently within our family systems. This is not to say that those of us who experienced abuse or neglect or trauma of varying kinds are incapable of developing healthy boundaries, but rather that it may take a little more time to recognize how unhealthy boundaries impact our lives and how to grow and heal to a place where we are able to own our boundaries that are both appropriately permeable, so we're able to form healthy attachments without being so permeable, we lose touch with our own sense of self. We gauge and determine our boundaries by paying attention to our feelings, which are the indicators that signal to us when our boundaries are being crossed or respected or are beginning to shift. Our values and beliefs also inform our boundaries because they help us to draw distinctions between what we believe and what others believe. Our values deeply inform our sense of self. And while we may seek out people to form people that are like-minded to form our attachments to, a strong sense of self can help protect us from forming unhealthy or codependent attachments. In fact, I can look back at my own life and identify periods when a lack of self-esteem or a low sense of self-worth caused me to have weak boundaries and to form unhealthy, even toxic or dangerous attachments. Often, developing our boundaries requires us to take an honest look at our own behavior, the behaviors of others, and the consequences of both. Protecting others from the consequences of their own behaviors may be a sign of a boundary issue. Likewise, you may yourself struggle to put boundaries around your own behavior if your loved ones are consistently protecting you from the consequences. The codependent relationships around the families and loved ones of those struggling with addiction are often casebook examples of this. As long as someone experiencing addiction is protected from the consequences of their behavior, they will likely be unable to find successful, long-term, sustainable recovery. Boundaries are also the the structure that indicate our own personal limits be those limits around our time, our appetites, or our attention. We must learn that we cannot impose our limits on others, but we can limit our exposure to people and situations that violate our self-determined limits. In fact, learning that we cannot control other people, be it their thoughts, their feelings, or their actions, but that we can control our own, is perhaps the most difficult but ultimately liberating life lesson. Boundaries are who we are, what we can control and who we aren't and what we can't control. Before moving to Iowa, I completed a Clinical Pastoral Education Chaplain Residency at Hartford Hospital in Hartford, Connecticut. Hartford Hospital is an inner city trauma one hospital. During my year term there, I witnessed dozens of tragic deaths in the emergency department. At that particular hospital, chaplains were required to accompany doctors in the emergency department when we were notifying family that a loved one's death had occurred. This meant that I was often in the room during the exact worst moments of people's lives. Being a good chaplain meant knowing distinctly what was mine and what was not mine. I needed to learn to tap into my empathy by recognizing death and loss and crisis as a universal human experience. The pain, sadness, and anger experienced by another person's encounter with death or loss or crisis was not my pain, sadness, and anger though by the nature of our shared humanity, it someday could be. This awareness allowed me to empathize with the experiences without becoming consumed by my own emotions. A few tears are all right, but a sobbing chaplain can't comfort anyone effectively. This required me to create firm boundaries around the pain that belonged to me and the pain that did not belong to me. The traumas I responded to and witnessed were not my personal traumas. I knew what was mine and I knew what wasn't. Chaplains in particular are required to hold strong boundaries, but the vocation can offer a solid example around how to maintain empathy without becoming enmeshed in someone else's experience. There are a few things that boundaries are not. Boundaries are not selfish. Boundaries, when implemented in a loving way, do not hurt other people. When we set a boundary, it is our responsibility to hold firm to that boundary. When we say no, we need to honor and own the power of that no unequivocally. Boundaries do not originate from anger. However, When a person begins to set boundaries in their own life for perhaps the first time, they may find a well of uncapped anger suddenly gushes to the surface. This is likely because they're starting to recognize times in their past when their boundaries were violated. If you're newly developing boundaries, giving yourself space to process what comes up as you address them in the now is really important. Adequate processing in a safe place helps you to define your boundaries in the present, protects you from transferring past woundedness onto your current relationships, and bolsters your boundaries for the future. It is also a myth that other people's boundaries, excuse me, hurt you. Responding healthfully to other people's boundaries requires that we have a sense of expansive community around us, so that we're not reliant on only one person to always be there for us. As Cloud and Tanzid write, we all need more than God and one best friend. None of us can rely on any one person to meet all of our needs, whether that person is a partner or a parent or a friend. Respecting the boundaries and the capacities of our loved ones is an essential aspect of maintaining our own healthy boundaries. Boundaries are not meant to control or attack or hurt other people. Boundaries are meant to protect us and the people we care about. Boundaries require us to tell the truth, to set limits, and to take responsibility for our own actions. Lastly, boundaries are not always permanent. Boundaries, like most things in life, are fluid and mutable. We might at some point, for example, need to set a financial boundary where we can't spend money or lend money or donate money as freely as we'd like to. But this is probably to protect our financial future so that we can be more generous down the road. We may need to temporarily put a boundary in place to protect ourselves or others, but a boundary is not a permanent and impermeable wall. We are allowed to reconsider and reshape our boundaries at any point, as long as we commit to effectively communicating the shifts with the people the boundaries will impact most. One of the most important steps in establishing a boundary that I fear is often neglected is the communication of that boundary. Often, people who have found themselves at capacity, unable to take on another task or responsibility, retreat without informing the people they love that they are retreating. It is true that no is a complete sentence and healthy boundaries mean what they say, but firm doesn't need to mean unloving. When we are applying our boundaries with someone we love, it may temporarily hurt their feelings. They are as entitled to their feelings as you are to your boundary. Hopefully, with time, they will understand that your boundary comes from a loving place. We are allowed to have whatever boundaries we want. We are allowed to say no. We are entitled to our time alone. We are permitted to determine what is our responsibility and what is truly the responsibility of someone else. But taking the time to clearly and emphatically express those boundaries is perhaps most loving thing you can do. Healthy boundaries are boundaries that both you and the person with whom you are holding the boundary are aware of. An example, Monday's my day off. On Mondays, I have a no church business policy. I don't check my email, I don't take phone calls from congregants, I don't attend meetings, and I don't plan church projects on Monday. I communicate this boundary by making sure that all of you know that Monday is my day off. When a congregant contacts me on a Monday, I may simply not answer the phone. I might send them a text message reminding them that Monday is my day off and letting them know I'll contact them later in the week. If a congregant continues to try to get in touch with me on a Monday, I will likely have a verbal conversation with the person. Asking them again, to respect the boundary around the time that I am on duty as your minister and the time that I'm not. Respecting the boundary of my time off allows me to rest and prepare to fully engage whenever I am present and on duty. When I maintain the boundary of my time off with a congregant, it's never personal. In fact, recognizing that other people's boundaries aren't a personal affront to you is perhaps one of the most important things we can do for ourselves. Healthy, secure attachments are the foundations from which strong personal boundaries can develop. Without secure attachments, we may withhold our right to maintain and establish boundaries, fearing that those who encounter our boundaries will respond by withdrawing their love from us, People who love us in healthy ways are able to hear and accept when we say no. Loving ourselves enough to develop and maintain our boundaries means that we must, at a basic level, believe ourselves worthy of our own autonomy. Boundary setting is a risk taking endeavor because it does mean that we risk sacrificing attachments with people who are unwilling or unable to respect the limits that we set in place. We may find that we need to release our attachments to people who consistently violate the boundaries that we try to establish. A willingness to release unhealthy attachments is sometimes one of the most painful but most necessary steps in developing lifelong healthy boundaries. Sometimes, firm boundary setting means facing the world alone at least temporarily, until we find the people who welcome us into their lives as autonomous, though connected, individuals. As Renee so eloquently said this morning, boundary setting takes a lot of courage and strength. May we all find the courage within ourselves to set the boundaries we need to set and the grace within ourselves to accept and respect the boundaries of others. May it be so, because we make it so. Amen, and blessed be.
0: This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org and you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors to attend our online services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.